What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Miss Camille Rose Garcia. Um, I actually, today is Wednesday. The show will be up tomorrow, which will be Thursday. Um, I wasn't sure that I was actually even going to put out an episode today. I had a couple people that I'm talking to um, about being on the show, but we just couldn't get our schedules sort of put together. And if you listen to me grumble at the beginning of the last episode, you'll know that uh, those frustrations were following through into this week. Um, but I'm letting that go. Um, and so I was on Facebook this morning just uh, seeing who was online. And I saw uh, Camille was, had the little green dot. So I said, hey, what the hell? Let's uh, ask. I had actually asked her once before, and we never were able to uh, get together on anything. So um, we communicated this morning, and she is today's guest. So she's uh, an OG. I, I would give her the OG status in the, um, in the art community that I've, I've come up in. Um, I'm interested to see her perspective on uh, the arc of her career and um, where she sits in art history. So, um, and we've never met before. I, I, I don't know her personally, but I've known her work for shit. At le- over 10 years I've been following it and seeing it and uh, appreciating it. So let's give Camille a call. Hello. Camille Rose Garcia. How are hey. you? Hey. Good. Love, how are you? I'm so in love with um, three name names. Oh. When do you have a middle name? I do have a middle name. And my plan for my next show uh, coming up in a couple months is to use it for the first time. So my full name is Michael James Maxwell. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Right? It's a good three-word name, but I'd never use it. Well, I think if you use it, you should uh, wear a top cat, top hat and have a cane. Yeah, it all of a sudden gets like more official, right? Yeah, yeah. Was, was that um, any of your intention? When uh, Have you always gone by your full name? No, not really. I think it was, um, yeah, it was just kind of at the point when I was starting to get, do more shows, I started going by my full name. Just It just sounded better. Yeah, that's weird, it, right? Why does kind of it? Just I better don't know. on letterhead, you know? It was like more exotic a little bit. It but sounds, that's my real name, so yeah. I thought I might as well use all of it. I uh, If I ever have a daughter, I wanted to name her Rosa. Oh, that's really pretty, too. Rosa. I like flower names. Rosa Lynn, so also another three word name yeah so rosalind she would have to play um guitar in like a, a country band i know right that's the plan <laughs> yeah. it's like just to raise like a little it. perfect uh little country singer yes yes that is a good plan i like it um so first i want to thank you for taking the time to uh to talk with me you and i have never met but i've uh i've followed your work for a long time i've been witnessing what you've been doing for over the last decade yeah yeah cool um maybe we could just jump right back to the start uh did you you're in los angeles now were you born and raised i was born and raised in los angeles and uh orange county a little bit huntington beach um behind the orange curtain uh and then i came back here to go to art school at um otis parsons Uh 
And then I moved up north to go to grad school at UC Davis and actually just moved back to L.A. This is my third time moving back here. I was up in the woods for about seven years, Northern California, living like, um, you know, a rural lifestyle. Were you up like in the Sierras? <laughs> um, north, actually, um, kind of like almost to Oregon, the Redwood Coast right there. So a little yeah. bit inland from the ocean. But yeah, just like where all the big humongous trees are. And was that sort of initiated by an exodus from getting out of a city? Was there something that sort of uh, to set you up to? Because I, I feel like I've even thought, like, it seems like a very artistic type thing to retreat to, like, the Walden's Pond. Or, you, yes. know, you know what I mean? Like, to get back yeah. to nature on some level. Absolutely. And everyone that I talk to, they're like, oh, I want to do that, you know. So um, it is, I mean, the environment is gorgeous. It's really inspiring. Actually, I've been going up there since I was a kid. My grandparents homesteaded and built a cabin up in that area. So that was kind of like the third place that I lived as a kid. We would go there during summers. And, um, you know, I always kind of, they sold the cabin at some point, but I always wanted to, you know, kind of live back up there and, and experience it. And I guess it was about 2007. Um, you know, it was just like, I don't know how much longer I can live in L.A. And my husband was like, yeah, you know, I don't know how much longer I can either. And um, we went up there. My grandma just passed away. And uh, we went up there for her funeral. And we found this um, 60s A-frame cabin right on the river. And we're just like, fuck it. Let's just buy it. <laughs> so we, it was kind of like, and we were like, yeah, why not? You know, let's yeah. see what happens. Which I think, I mean, you know, I've lived my whole life in L.A. practically. And it was like, I can't. You know, I can't grow as a person if I just live in the same environment this whole time. But L.A., it's like a Death Star. It just keeps drawing me back, the magnetic pole, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I, talk about, like... I talk about that about San Diego a lot. And I, I think it's, you know, sometimes it's like where you grew up, if there's something special about what you, like, you have something with it. There is, like, a weird, it, I use that exact term, like, magnetic. Like, something yeah. pulls me back here. And And not only that, but if you... You know, we romanticize the idea of uh, seclusion so much. Sure, sure. And as artists, you spend a lot of time secluded, but that can also get incredibly lonely. Oh, yes. We have seen The Shining. And uh, <laughs> there are moments um, in the winter, for sure, that get like that. Um, yeah, we do. I think we do romanticize as artists this, you know, lifestyle, living in the woods, this pure nature, super inspiring but what I realized living up there, what I missed about L.A. were really the people that I know, the creative people I know, because that that doesn't exist everywhere. And I don't think I knew that fully until I came until I left and then came back. Yeah. That sense of community, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Which is, uh, you know, L.A. is somewhat incestuous, it seems like. Yeah, I pretty much know everyone that lives here now that's ever lived here. <laughs> sure. So I can't I can't go anywhere without knowing someone. Just so kind of nice. What kind of led you into a creative path? What what were your uh folks like? Did they sort of support you in Yeah, um my parents actually met in art school in San Francisco. Okay, so um, creative parents. Yeah, my dad was a painter and my mom was a painter as well, and then my dad went into filmmaking. And uh, they moved down here, and he went to UCLA for grad school for filmmaking. And my mom continued also to be a working artist. She um, did murals and sign painting, and I started to really apprentice with her at a, around like 14 or 15. 
and, um, you know, really work with her, like, on the job site, you know, like, yeah. we're taking all our stuff, and we're, we're working. Which so is something seemed... that, that sort of leads into some of the work that you do. Like, actually, now that you say that, like, I can sense some of the, um, the, the fine brush work, you know, you could relate a lot of the sign painting techniques. Thank you. To, like, yeah. The quality of line, the importance of uh, the shape of line, points of things, you know, you see that a lot from right. sign painters. Yeah, and actually I learned a lot from her before I ever got to art school. And and even from my dad being a filmmaker, you know, I have a lot of that sort of narrative tendency in my work as well. So, and I'm kind of like, oh, I wish I could be a filmmaker, you know, but um that's such a that's more of um a collaborative process. So, I'd have to Do you ever uh, Do you ever feel, It's funny that you say that cuz I'm literally a third of the way done writing my first screenplay. Oh, yeah, I heard on your podcast you were doing a film. You're making a film. Yeah, I have, well, I have a friend who's been a cinematographer for quite a long time now. He's been doing it for about 10 years. And I've, cool. all, like, I've, I've wanted to just work in some different type of medium, you know, just to express myself in a different way. Um, right, and film is actually, it's such a natural progression from being a painter if you have any kind of narrative tendencies, mm -hmm. and, and a music lover for me as well. It's like, oh, you get to use all of it. I mean, that's like the penultimate creative expression. It's just so kind of complicated, you know, like it's yeah. easier in a way to be a painter in your studio because you just answer to yourself. So it's just like you and then your, your negative voice babbling, <laughs> yeah. you know? but yeah. that's all you have to deal with. You don't have like, you know. But I don't know, all the other stuff. The, you know, I, I talk about, like, I actually just picked up some work recently, like some just regular work as a way oh, to interact. regular work. Yeah, with I know, people? it sounds so cool, with real people. <laughs> because of the idea of just having more interactions with people in a different sort of environment. And so as a painter, I've always had this, like, romanticized idea of having, like, an art band. That it could be, like, here I start, I we all work on this thing together and we pass it around and we all make it a thing. Even though, again, yeah. totally romanticized. No. Oh my God, I always had a fantasy. That was like moving back to LA. I moved back, I think, December. And I was like, yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm going to hang out with like all my art friends. They're going to come over to the studio. We're going to like listen to music and then play guitar later and drink <laughs> and draw. And it's like literally been just me alone in the studio <laughs> still. So it's like this, oh man, I'm I, I'm still in the woods kind of. So that's why I think the idea of like getting involved in a film, you almost, I, I like the idea of giving up some of the control, you know? It's, for sure. It's yeah. 100% difficult, for sure. But I yeah. like the idea it, of trying. Yeah, it's something to strive for, for sure. Um, yeah, I applaud you. <laughs> and you know, it also feels kind of like art directing more so, like, even though I'm coming up with the narrative and the, the script and the, the story, and I see the whole thing in my head, just like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's already done. Yeah, it's right? all the way playing in my head. Like, <laughs> totally. I see every little light detail, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. But now I get to just allow other people to make the work. And it kind of makes me, like, look at, like, Jeff Koons or, like, some of these, like, people who create these, like... Uh, you know, art armies to build everything. It yeah, made me look at it in a different yeah. way. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to, there's all means to, to an end. It's, you know, I don't really, I mean, I enjoy working with my hands. I enjoy making things, but right. I don't think other people that don't make things, like I don't, I don't see that as a, a problem or as any difference. I think ultimately, you know, what comes out in the end as the artistic expression, that's really 
you know, that's what matters. Yeah, and again, it's like also giving yourself an opportunity to work within a group. Right. You know, so <laughs> yeah. I think so it's kind of like it's kind of like a band. Yeah, a little bit. You're carrying like, equipment. <laughs> you know, it's probably like the Beatles, like with having John and Paul being like dictators at the head, or any band where the lead oh, singer. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the thing. I'd be the lead singer in the film. I would be. But that I, I think that's why you'd be the director. Like you right. would have to be the lead singer. Yeah. Just the artist. The dictator, right? For, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. There's there's no other way to get good art except by. So so you had all way. this early experience with having in having a creative upbringing right from the get go. Um, right. Did, did it lead you into? Um, the idea of a career did that did that already you know as seeing some your parents be able to you know do what they were doing and make a living did it seem to make sense to work as a create uh, like a career path whereas you know like a lot of kids everybody makes shit when they're young but mm -hmm. they rarely see it as uh like a, a type of a job really like a career path so did right. you see that early on yeah um well, actually, when I was a kid, like you're saying, we all kind of made art when we were kids. And my main obsession from a very early age was I'm going to make animations. I'm going to be an animator. That was like, you know, what I wanted to do. And that really never wavered um, up until high school. Then, you know, it's like, oh, maybe I'll get into music or this or that. But um, it always seemed like a reality to be creative as a profession just because my mom did it full time. And she was a single mom. Um, you know, my parents split when I was really young, when I was one. And uh, my dad was a filmmaker. He taught filmmaking. Like he did, there were all kinds of things around film that he was involved in. So it never seemed like something you couldn't do. And, you know, as someone that has always loved art and animation and music, it's like, well, you know, David Bowie was a kid once and he was like, I'm going to grow up and be a rock star. Like some people have to have those dreams because we can't all be Walmart greeters. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone has to be like the person that says, I'm going to be a creative person and it's going to be my job. Right. But again, I mean, making it into a viable career choice involves so much more than just the making of the art, as you know. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's been the stuff I think I learned from my mom. Although it's not like she was the best at it, but it's like, yeah, you have to do bookkeeping. You have to like, you know, sometimes you have to hire people to do things. And, I mean, you know, there's all this like boring bullshit that you have to do. It's not just like I'm drinking red wine in the studio and, you know, like <laughs> yeah. taking mushrooms. <laughs> I mean. So um, how, how do you feel like you're, you developed your style? Did, so you, you talk about animation. Did you ever make any animations? Because it uh, – I feel like I've only seen your painting. If I, I'm trying to think if maybe I've seen something in the past, but I feel like I haven't seen anything move before. No, not yet. But yeah, oh, something a on the horizon. In your eye there. Yeah, there's something on the horizon for sure. Finally, um, you know, my love has always been stop motion animation. Um, so that's a really laborative process. It, it takes a long time. So it's really been a matter of just trying to find the right people to work with. And is it possible to do that on an indie level without, you know, involving like tons of money in studios and all this stuff. So yeah. for me, those are the challenges um, with that project, but I'm, I'm starting on something that's going to, I'll probably announce it later this year, but um, you know, we'll probably finally see that come to fruition. Hopefully nice. and you <laughs> I'm know, just going to say yes. Yeah, nice. We'll see it come Exclusive. to fruition. 
Yeah. Um, we're, well, we're coming to a point where, uh, you know, the people who have been making things with their hands for 10 years are meeting up with the people who have been using modern technology for the last 10 years. Right. And these two things are sort of coming together uh, sort of with a smooth uh, transition in that, you know, we see a lot of young animators now who have gone through school. The modern technology has made it much more simple than oh, before. Oh, for sure. You know, like, oh, yeah. puts a lot of less stress on the artists in terms of, like, the amount of drawings that they have to do. You know, yeah. All the coloring, everything is so, you know. And it's one, you know, there's a lot of purists, and I'm sure, like, maybe your father, you know, a lot like old school film guys are probably not a lot of them are not happy about the digital transformation of movies i just heard quentin tarantino call it um <laughs> tv in public oh interesting yeah. i don't really i don't know what that means uh he in was public. saying that because they're no longer using film that it's just digital projection mostly digital uh, oh okay and then in right. the movie theaters it's digital projection so he's just calling it like a bunch of people watching television in public that it's no longer like a film. It's, oh, okay. It doesn't have yeah. the prestige or, you know, Yeah, whatever. see, I don't, but I don't think that diminishes the quality of his movies or anyone else's movies, you no, know? totally. I, I mean, I, you know, in terms of, in terms of you, you using that idea with animation, like, do you have like an old school flair? Like, do you want to keep connected to that old school, like, stop animation style? Are you, are you willing to utilize all the modern technology and just like absolutely. no rules yeah no absolutely i always have been very um i embrace technology i embrace my my macintosh my ipad my you know all of it. i use all of it i use photoshop probably every day i mean i use dreamweaver i use all of the things that can be used so um i don't see any point in making things harder you know like <laughs> right yeah other than they already are um you know, yeah, it's a laborious process, even if you use digital effects making a film. So I think, like I said, in the end, um, if you can use something to help get your story across and it'll make it easier and cheaper and able to get it out there, then why not? You know, I mean, isn't it better than having, you know, like a thousand slaves in Taiwan paint in the animated cells? You know, like, how is that better? I don't yeah. think that's <laughs> Yeah, exactly. What people so. don't see. So right. I sort of put you, I, I mentioned this in the intro that I did, that I kind of have you in this like OG status of like the sort of modern LA pop surrealist movement. And as soon oh, as I say that, nice. OG. <laughs> all like, right. that's the best part of that. Having I've all those it. other titles is like, uh. <laughs> but the OG part is important. But, I like it. I like it. Um, so I have you sort of in this class of like the beginning of what feels like this new art movement that has happened with, um, I guess, the people who have grown up in the last 25 years. And I, I'm curious about how, how you look at the arc of this thing, since being in this sort of field for like a, over a decade, how long have you been painting professionally, like doing gallery shows and stuff? Well, probably... Time, huh? Well, yeah, like 1999 was, that was like the first year where, um, you know, like, oh, stuff's starting to happen. Like, I remember my first show that sold out that year 
And that same day, I was $20 overdrawn at the bank. I was trying to like buy an outfit, you know, for the show. And I was like, damn, I'm $20 overdrawn. And then that night, everything sold. And I was just like, thank you, universe. Something kind of switched. But that was 1999. So I guess, yeah, it's been, yeah, like over, I don't know, 15 years or so. Or so. But yeah, at the time, it was like, okay, Mark Ryden was around. The Clayton Brothers were around. Tim Biscup. You know, all these artists were in L.A. that were kind of starting to do this thing outside of um, the, you know, elite gallery system that, that used to really be the only art scene. But what... What changed really in that time period, and I know people born in like the 80s won't even understand this, but <laughs> there was a time before the internet. And when I started art school, it didn't exist. And by the time I got out of grad school, it existed. So that was the big thing. It was like, okay, suddenly, just like music, people can experience and enjoy art in a diplomatic way and find out about it instantly and not have to like, go to the library and look in old books and like everyone's dead who you like. You know what I mean? It, it became, to me, it became more like how we experience bands, you know? Yeah. Like, this, you know, you go and see their show and they're like, they might be your age or younger, you know? So it's this sort of more immediate sense of community than how we, you know, used to experience art with like, like I'm saying, you so know? Now we see the swing though, right? Like, so from that group of people who you mentioned, uh, sort of veering off of the main gallery system, coming full swing, we see all you guys now moving on from, you know, working the gallery systems in L.A. and New York and, like, like working your way up. Like, there's this, like, sort of echelon to where now you start uh, working in these, what is it, blue chip? What, is, what color yeah. chip is it supposed to be? And then museums. And... It's gold chip, actually. Gold chip, yeah. <laughs> be a gold chip. <laughs> but yeah, blue well. chip galleries and art basel. Yeah, the higher the higher art world, I guess. So do you do you look back at this sort of structure and and have any sort of amazement? Is it is it weird to look back now over this span? Like, do you feel like do you feel like you have to to keep improving? Like, keep moving up? Like, is there ever, like, uh, a sort of letting up of the pressures to... No, no, not at all. Um, because I think that, you know, the thing that nobody talks about is, you know, you try your whole life to achieve something meaningful or important or, you know, that you can make a career out of that you love, whatever the thing. But then once you achieve it, you know, then how do you stay there? You know, that's the other question is, like, right. how do you stay... How do you keep people interested? How do you keep yourself interested? How do you not say, oh, well, fuck, I painted every painting I could possibly ever think of. You know, how do you find expanding and creative and going places that hasn't gone before and also having that be a business? That becomes kind of the, the challenge. And I felt very blessed and lucky to be able to do it for, you know, this many years and still do. Like, I just this year, I was... Well, last year, it was kind of a hard year. It was, like, one of the harder years in a long time. Um, it's like, about pay me and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it was like, shit, man, I hope I can keep doing this. Like, it's, you know, how am I going to keep doing this? And then to just somehow, then the next year is like, okay, no, things are happening. Like, okay, I can keep doing this. But every year, it's always that weird fear and I think like my mom grew up really poor and we grew up you know with a single mom so not a lot of money so there's always that weird fear of like you know pushing the shopping cart down the street you know what I mean like yeah. if I don't work like every single day and make 
interesting, beautiful work that's meaningful, like I'm going to be destitute, you know, but I get really extreme about it. You know, it's, so I guess how, it keeps me. How do you, how do you keep that motivation? How do you keep that like love alive? Fear, just pure fear. <laughs> just living that's, on the edge of fear. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, I think, you know, for me, it's, it's important to, um, you know, I find inspiration everywhere, music, books, film, whatever. Um, but to try not to get, you know, too jaded or dejected or live in a place of cynicism, you know, I have to really kind of come at it all the time with sort of pure, like, child eyes in a way, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, um, so I don't know. I guess that's, you know, that's the way I do it. I don't know how other people, you know, what their method is. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to hear because, you know, like, I, I find myself at a period of, like, working for about a decade not having accomplished anything that i you know <laughs> the ideas of what i thought i could accomplish in 10 oh years. yeah no it's never what you thought no, it's, it never it never can be it's yeah that's so why like variables. i barely plan out paintings like i'll be like why bother it's just gonna all change in the end anyway like i'll go i'll write down you know themes and sometimes i'll do a quick sketch but it's like there's no point once i'm in there you know it's like the painting reveals itself i don't totally no and that's the other thing i we were talking about like how do you find inspiration i mean i think you have to be able to get your mind to a place that's relaxed and un, um not distracted and and to be able to trust your mind as well like get that other voice out that is so you know that will just pick you apart constantly yeah. and you have to kind of trust it when you're in there it's like okay i have to trust this thing and and just go with it. So I, I have a good relationship with um, my inner critic now where, you know, I don't really let it around yeah. <laughs> while I'm That's, working. It's funny you say that because the most recent set of paintings that I've been doing, I've simply just mm -hmm. been painting um, wood grain, which is actually a technique that you, you use a lot of wood in your work. I, I know there's, there's wood grain. Yeah. So I've just been doing like psychedelic fill in the color patterns of the wood oh, grain. Oh, cool. Because yeah. I was thinking, I was like, I was talking about abstraction, like working in abstraction and how even yeah. when I do so, I'm still a little bit in control of what I know how the image will probably come out. Like if I use a, a color palette, like I know. So I was like, what can I do where I have zero, the, the least amount of control over what the image is going to be like? And right. Like, and I just put gesso on a panel, a black gesso yeah. on the panel, and the, all of a sudden the wood grain just shine it had a different sheen than the yeah. non-grain part right ah oh, just color that in and so it was one of those things like just a, a moment of letting my mind just relax and not give a fuck for a minute yeah you couldn't have pre-thought that out or sketched it out beforehand no, it it's there. a moment of discovery while you're working yeah. yeah that's why as an artist or any creative person if you can if you have the time it's important to work on it every day, even if you go to your studio, your table, whatever, and you, you think, oh, I don't have any ideas today. Yeah. To me, all the ideas come out while I'm working, not like beforehand, you know? Yeah, it's in the process of working. That's something I found very interesting about writing a film. Is yeah. All of a sudden, you have an idea of the scope of it, the plot and, you know, the problems yeah. and all the things along the way. But as you're writing it, new little like all of a sudden like a new character pops up who has something very specific to say that you would have never yeah. thought of oh i know never. that's that's i think the genius i mean that's why i'm so always enamored of 
you know, the creative process because um, it's like the minute you show up with an open mind and you're like, all right, brain, we're going to have some fun here. We're going to like, you know, we're going to be here for at least four hours. We're going to have some fun, you know. And then it's like, oh, oh, cool. Okay, we're playing. We're not like worrying about bills or fucking checking our shit. And, you know, we're going to we're gonna have some fun. All right. And then the brain will kick in and it will start to play. That's how I experience it. It gets very playful. Playing yeah. is really... And it's, I or tortured. You, that's the other thing that works. Tortured. <laughs> so sheer torture. it'll go from one to the other, right? Torture to play in well, a second. Can we talk about the creative worlds that you um, formulate in your works? I, uh, I wouldn't even really know. How, how would you describe something that you like? You create environments of mythical figures, um, typically in some sort of soiree. Soiree. Yeah, that's soiree. I like I like soiree. That's good. Um, I feel like there's oftentimes uh, people moving in circles. Like there's a lot of yeah. Um, by people, I mean characters of some sort. Of yes, creatures and sometimes people. Um, you know, the best way I can describe it is, I I feel like I create narrative landscapes, but it's more of um, like a subconscious landscape, like a dream where you know, things are floating in and out of focus and you can't exactly piece together something that makes sense. But on a, on a deep symbolic level, you know, everything kind of uh, makes sense. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I try to do, I guess. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if I'm succeeding, but uh, I mean, that's, you know, that's know, this the is always I'm, like I, a horrible way to go about a question, but like maybe we could be more like artistically specific in terms of like how you, go through a process maybe if, oh uh, yeah okay um well it usually starts i usually start with writing um you know i write down the ideas like I, i'm working on a show right now that opens in seattle on april 3rd oh, nice. and um it's called the dance macabre which is you know that's kind of like a, um a certain historical paintings people used to do where um uh people would be depicted dancing with the dead so they'd be uh, dancing you know around graves or you know whatever, but dancing with death. And the idea behind it was, um, you know, the death could come for you at any time. So you have to kind of celebrate and live life to the fullest while you, while you're in it. It was kind of my dancing in circles thing really makes sense (laughs) now that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. So the paintings I'm working on now, actually there's, there are soirees and tangos and dancing. Um, and, uh, they really are more, I mean, I guess they're, I was looking at, I was like, are these, are these like, gloomy or are these beautiful i couldn't kind of figure it out but um you know they're skeleton yeah yeah the colors are really bright and there's like orchids and um plants there's a lot more plants since i moved up to the woods like that are coming into the paintings so it's kind of like springtime but then there are these like skeletons and and teeth and floating ghost heads and these paintings are actually really romantic also. Um, you know, I used to do work more about like critical commentary and Orwellian and like, uh, our society is so fucked up and, you know, and, and it is, and it, it will be. Um, but it was also like, I had this epiphany last summer and it was from seeing, um, seeing a couple bands live that where it just reminded me of just like, Oh my God, no. Like if the world is ending, like you have to experience all the beauty, all the love, all the sound, all the color, all the flavors, like everything. Yeah. It's our it's our duty 
to to live like that. Yeah. Have so you that, seen Melancholia? Um, no, I haven't. You I should haven't. watch that film. Yeah, that's like the asteroids coming or something. Yeah, well, it's a planet called Melancholia that's about the that that uh, is going to hit Earth. But oh, okay. But that's only like one very small portion of the film. It's really good, and it fits yeah. like all these same types of of thematic ideas. Yeah, yeah. It seems like in the you know again, it's kind of cliche, but you know. We're living in some dark days here on Earth, I I believe. Um, you know, maybe we're in a sixth grade extinction. I mean, certainly that has been said. Um, there certainly are unsustainable ways that we live that who knows how much longer that can go on. Yeah. So but, do you feel like you're at a point where you're like, okay, I understand these things. I could do the best <laughs> that I can, and I'm going to go ahead. And do you feel like you're kind of setting some of that stuff aside a little bit? Yeah, I think I am. I think exactly how you said it. Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, okay, I moved up to the woods. You know, I learned to make pickles. I learned to bake sourdough bread. Like, I can grow shit. I, my husband can chop wood. We can yeah. build fire. Like, we can do all this shit, okay? But at the end of the day, you have to also experience the beauty in life and in all forms, like how I just said. Or else you're just living in fear. You're just living a half-life. And uh, I've certainly, certainly, you know, you see people living in states of pure fear and it could just be in this sort of like everyday fear of like, oh, I'm afraid to leave my job, at, even though I hate what I'm doing, like 50 hours a week or, you know, there's all different um, levels of it. But um, yeah, I don't you know. know. I it's find like, are you slowly living or are you just slowly dying? I find the creative type person is always what they fear is not living enough. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think about that all the time, you know? So it's like, yeah, I'm talking about all of these things, but literally I'm a fucking hermit in the studio for like 90% of my life. So it's like, what? I want to see Vans. I want to go get an ice cream cone, but it's like, shit is due. Yeah. Painting takes a really fucking long time. It does. That's what a lot of these young chickens in school don't know. They're like, how'd you get to be famous? How did you get to, how do you have 200 likes on your Facebook? And I'm just like, I don't have any idea, but I know I'm in the studio like 90% of the time. Yeah. How many not hours? Going you, to Coachella. I'm sure you, um, you probably put in some serious hours. Yeah. It's like, well, here's, you ever here's see a painting <laughs> that you forget about. Oh yeah. No, there's one hanging here in the studio that it was in storage and my husband pulled it out and I was like, <laughs> When the fuck did I make that? Like, I literally couldn't even remember when I made it. Or, yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, I mean, feeling right. Yeah, it's because you realize you are just like, um, it's kind of capturing a moment in, in time, uh-huh. you know, and you were like doing this, but you were in it, you're in the zone, you know, and then it goes by. And I mean, that's the thing. Like, one day I'll just be, you know, dust in the ground, but these yeah. paintings hopefully will still be around and capturing those, those moments, yeah. you know. Of my life. It's also nice to look back. Like, even having this conversation, I'm sure it's like you could think back at stuff that maybe, like, something that had just sort of slipped your mind or whatever, you know? Like, and it's it's weird how there's like these moments. Like, a lot of times for most people, it's like music or something, like, what can put them back. Like, I'm trying to, like, with the film that I'm doing, I'm trying to, like, remember moments like that. Like, like, 
first kisses or like like the color of a room in a particular oh, dude. moment? Dude, yeah, that's my paintings that I've been doing this year and last year when I had the epiphany. They're pretty much about that, like trying to capture this perfect moment in time. So there's all these sort of ghost hands reaching out and like women kind of conjuring things from their pipes. But like capturing that moment that you know, it's almost so melancholy, like when you're experiencing it, knowing that like, oh my God, this moment is going by. But like you're saying, your first kiss or like a band you love and you see them before they get big and in like some small club or just any of those like really poignant moments. It's, and you can, you know, it's already like, it's in your past. And are you going to have that again? Are you going to experience yeah. that? You I know, that's a big part that's of wanting to do film too, is recreate that stuff. Oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. because you can. Like, even. Yeah, yeah. You can build a world. Even though I could build something in my head, it necessarily mm-hmm. doesn't come out in my painting hand. You know, like, I could definitely I... make something symbolic or metaphorical. Yeah. But you can't always make what's in your head. It feels like it's such, it almost feels cheater yeah. because I'm a painter. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I think film is really the closest because you have. The experience of, of the music and, and moving and I mean you have all these other elements that, you know, yeah, pre film you, you had to work with, with paint, but now we have the option of working with film. So yeah. it does encompass a lot more of the senses for sure. I feel like a, a, there's some advantage to like having a painter's mind. Yeah, even though that sounds so, so fucking egotistical <laughs> to say. Never, I don't know. No, 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 it's I, I think it's the same process. I really do. I mean, the process is you're communicating something to other people. That's, I mean, that's essentially what you're doing as, as a painter or as a filmmaker or as a writer. Yeah, you're trying to communicate and something important, hopefully. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or um, you're making the hangover. Maybe you're making the hangover. Maybe that's your film. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, do you... So, with with the figurative work that you're doing in the narrative, so you're you're coming up with your writing. Are you are you writing things out long form? Do you, like I take the weirdest notes ever. Oh yeah, no, mine are the weirdest, most cryptic notes okay, ever. Perfect. So yeah. it'll more it'll be like a list. Like I'll start writing like oh Trader Joe's, like you know go to the bank, and then it's like oh um you know captured moments in bottles, like you know just like <laughs> random, and that's how it is. It'll be like a list of random. Um, ideas like that, but then, you know, and then I'll think about what kind of symbols I want to use to communicate. Cause I, you know, I work in the realm of faces and eyeballs and things that we recognize. Those are, yeah. that's my language. So, um, so yeah, for the, the, the pieces that were about capturing these, these, um, these poignant moments. So the setting is like, okay, well let's, they have to be in a cave or underwater because that symbolizes the unconscious and then, you know, there's these women with these pipes and that's desire and they're kind of conjuring these ghosts, which is memory. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and there's all this sort of um, like lush growth, mushrooms and um, plants growing in the cave. And that symbolizes, um, I guess, sort of the fertility of, of youth or your mind or, you know, the sort of like active layered um, life, uh-huh. really. Sure. Yeah, so like that's this. kind of how they come together. I'll write down the symbols and what I want to kind of communicate. And then I'll figure out how to communicate it. But beyond that of like, okay, I'm going to use like moths and hands and ghosts and pipes, you know, I'll write those things down and maybe come up with some colors that will reflect that. And then after that, it's really an exploration on the, on the, you know, and that's mostly for you, right? Like that whole thing, like all, all of those ideas, 
even mm-hmm. though you want to express them to other people. Yeah. Uh, from my personal experience, yeah, the viewers tend to miss a lot of that stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if anyone will ever know what the hell any of my work is about, yeah. you know? Yeah, which is not important or not important. Yeah, you can't really control um, what other people think or how they're going to really view something. But I do think there are things you can communicate that are universal. And so those are, that's the language of symbols and of color. I mean, red means a particular thing. Blue means a particular thing. So, you know, my, my language is, are all of those elements. And I'm able to, I can, I don't want to say manipulate, but I can, um, by using certain colors and symbols, I can communicate as best I can without too, like, obvious, really. I feel like your use of body language tells a lot of the story I, I feel like there's a lot of times where things are much darker like certain parts of your work are much darker and it could it's be dark it could be the How same strange. like color pattern it could be the same yeah. sort of creatures and figurative but there's yeah. uh, within certain body language there's like a sinisterness that comes out is that fair to say uh yeah yeah i guess that's very fair i think it's totally subconscious though i don't i mean yeah like these new paintings i was working on it was like oh they're gonna be like cheerful spring paintings and then it's like i don't maybe they're much darker than i actually think but um you know yes that's accurate and i think a lot of times the sinister elements um represented uh I guess like the natural world versus the the man-made world and our relationship with nature. So always the sinister element was our sort of raping and pillaging of the earth and, and ruining it for whatever means, capitalism, corporations, whatever, you know, all of that. Yeah, all, that least, stuff. all of that stuff. Um, so that would be like, there would be some, you know, that would be the villain, you know. But now in, in these newer paintings where it's like, okay, that isn't the villain anymore. But now the villain is death. You know, that is the uh, sinister under undertone is, um, you know, you want to live life to the fullest and experience everything because, you know, yeah, you don't know when death will come to have a dance with you, you know. That might be a good spot to end this thing on. <laughs> Oh, well, shoot, I'm having a lot of fun. I mean, we, but can, I, we can... I guess we can end. Yeah, we got 40 minutes. It's almost an hour. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah, they go by fast. It's surprising. Like, it's really strange that as soon as you get, like, the first five minutes are always like, uh, but I feel like we had, a, we had a good conversation, yeah? Yeah, that was, it? yeah, it would be fun to do this every week, and I can <laughs> get you're out of my... The, you're more than welcome <laughs> to come on when it, whenever you'd like. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was it was a pleasure. Yeah, it was it's uh, my pleasure. Um, let's um, can we send people over to your website? You said you have a show coming up in Seattle next month. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, April third uh, in Seattle at Rock the Rue Gallery, nice. and um, so it's in a few weeks. And what's so. the what kind of st- are you showing? Uh, big paintings, little paintings, sculptures. Um, I'm uh, mainly. I see some cutouts in the background. Oh, that was for a parade I did at Outside Lands, oh, which rad. is like, yeah, um, yeah, because I was like, oh, I'm tired of painting. I want, I want things to move. So I was like, I'll make a parade, which was like, it was super fun. But I was like, no, Camille, if you're going to do a parade, you need a band with it. Like, 
So we hooked on, onto this like um, samba band and danced with them, but they danced for like two hours straight and I almost had a heart attack. We were like, we had to cut out, but uh, that's what those were for. Um, so yeah, it'll be like, um, I don't know, like average size paintings. Um, but all the, the subject I was talking about with the, the dance with death, you know, and the skeletons and, um, you know, orchids and, you know, flowers. Beautiful. <laughs> well, Camille, I want to thank you again for taking the time to shoot the shit with us. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Good luck on your film. Yeah, thank you very much, and best of luck with the show. Let's do internet dap. Give what are we doing? Knuckles. Give me some knuckles. In oh, place. oh, fist bump? Yeah. All right, thank you very much. Thanks for visiting. All right, bye. <laughs> All right, bye. Oh, no, dear.